okay. It's, uh, it's your story. It's your story. Do you want these, Susan? Uh, I, no, no. I'll hook you up. Here you go. <laughs> You're good. No, I, I saw them. I knew you were. They were yours. You're good. You're good. That was Mary Lou Britton. If you don't know her, you need to. You need to know her, okay? Uh, she should be an inspiration to anyone's life that's at least under the age of 25, because that's about where she is. Um, so, so get to know her, all right? She would love to know you. I promise you that, all right? Here's what I want to start with today. Your story, your story matters. I started to write it this way. I said, some of us have an and after I went down a couple paragraphs, I was like, no, no, that's not true. All of us have an incredible story of how God has redeemed us from our pasts, life. Now, some of us have a more extreme past life than others. That's not a badge of honor. That was our mistake. That was our sin that led us that way, and God was still willing to redeem us from that. Some of us don't have that. You know what? That is a great story to tell today. I told students this for years. If you have been blessed with an upbringing where you were brought up in the body of Christ and you learned the ways of Christ and you have followed Christ, you've made mistakes, you've sinned, absolutely, but you've followed Christ faithfully through that. Do you know how important your story is? Because there are people today that don't think that's possible. As a matter of fact, there's people, even believers today, that say you shouldn't do that. What? Why? Why if God blessed you with that opportunity, if you're, if, you're, if you're capable of living that type of life and relying on him, do that. Do that from the very beginning. And I can talk to, you can talk to a lot of people in this room that said, if you could avoid some of the pain and suffering and difficulties and incarcerations and addictions and other things that people have had to go through because of their life choices, they would highly recommend it. <laughs> okay. I promise you they would. It's better to not go that way, but God will still meet you if you do. Amen. And that is so important for you to know. Your story matters. How did you meet Jesus? Have you ever told anybody that? Who shared Jesus with you? Have you ever thanked them for that? How has he changed your life? You see, this is the best way to share Jesus with other people to love them as Jesus loves each and every one of us and to share our story with them. Right now, we live in a world where I, was, I, I started to say so many, but the reality is everyone, where everyone is searching, everyone is searching, but the problem is they don't know what they're looking for. They have no idea. It's kind of like that moment, I'm sure none of you have ever experienced this, where you set off in pursuit of something, and then you stop and you go, now what was it I was looking for? <laughs> Dang it, I don't remember. So nobody's ever experienced that except for me, right? Okay. Um, that's the world. That is the world right now. They're wandering around going, what is it I'm looking for? Well, this will try. Let's try this. Nope, that wasn't it. And they're off to the next thing, but they have no idea what they're looking for. Now, some people's life is a mess. It is a disaster. It is a wreck. And you on the outside might be looking at it and go, man, they are messed up. Glad that's not me, right? But the more likely reality is everybody thinks they're just fine. Everything is fine. And it might be, according to the world, <laughs> until it's not. Until what we would say, life happens. Something gives. Or shall I say, 2020 happens. 
this past year messed with a lot of people, a lot of people. Both those with faith and those without faith have questioned God through all of this. Both groups have experienced pain and suffering and loss and anxiety and depression and fear. Many are still battling those elements. Some recent research, it was a study conducted in November. It's a study done every year, I believe for like the last 20 years or so, um, by, the Gallup, by Gallup polls on the state of mental health in America. And when they did this study in November, there was only one demographic group in all of the United States of America, only one demographic group that appeared to avoid a decline in their mental health in 2020. There was only one group. Do you have any idea who that was? Americans who regularly attended religious services. Do you think that's a coincidence? <laughs> Why do you think that is? For those of you that have not fully embraced the love of Jesus yet, why do you think Christians don't seem to be as, as affected? I did not say, nor did the study, that they weren't affected. That's not it. They are, but not to the same degree. There's a reason. There's an absolute reason. And here's the beautiful part. I'm going to leave you to discover that. I'm not going to tell it to you. I want you to just think about it as we dive into God's word this morning. I know we're not supposed to do that, right? Us pastors, we're supposed to give you all the answers. No. No, I want God to reveal that to you because that's who we rely on, not me. Not me. There is an incredible event that we're going to study today. It's in Mark chapter 5. So half of you in the room have a name Mark. You'll be good to go, right? You'll be <laughs> right to that book. I, I got to throw that out there once more. You'll get to know them here in a minute. You'll get to know one of them um, here in just a minute on the screen. It's an amazing chapter 5 of, of the book of Mark. Everyone in this scene, from the disciples to the man that was healed to the bystanders in the town, everyone left this event differently than the way they arrived, just like we're all going to leave 2020 behind us different than what we were before 2020. For some people, both then and now, their eternities will be changed. The scene unfolds after a long night on the Sea of Galilee. This is the fateful event that some of you might know about, where they, the crew set sail aboard this tiny ship, and the weather started getting rough. That tiny ship was tossed, if not for the courage of the Fearless, wait, that's something different. Um, if not for Jesus, uh, some of you know what that was. Yeah, very good, very good. It was the story. If not for the words of Jesus, that ship and crew certainly would have been lost. They woke up Jesus, scared for their lives. He speaks just a few words, quiet. Be still, he said it with command, and it all ended. Immediately. That's in Mark 39, just before our story today. This was the first time that the disciples, who many of which had spent their entire existence in this sea, existence experiencing the weather, the extreme nature of the atmosphere they live, they just watched this man command the sea to stop and went, oh my goodness, <laughs> who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Never seen anything like that before, this display of power and authority. They arrive on the shores of, pronounced lots of different ways. The English pronunciation would be the Gerasenes, but you could pronounce it other ways if you wish. 
This was Gentile territory. This is a Gentile part of the seashore, and it's likely the disciples had avoided this section of the seashore their entire lives. And for some reason, their Jesus guides them there. And as they arrive on the shore, literally, probably exactly the thing that they feared their entire life, the welcoming committee that they received was exactly what they thought it would be. It was a demon-possessed man came out naked running at them. That's literally what happened. You know that was their greatest fear, and here it was right before them. Verse 1 of chapter 5 begins this way. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived on the tombs and no one in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he'd often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and he fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. Because that's how he would have said it. He was a demon-possessed man, right? Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus said, what's your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding in a territory nearby on the hillside, and the demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs and allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down a steep bank and into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off, reported this in the town and in the countryside, and the people then went out to see all that had just happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw a man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged Jesus to go with him. Can you imagine? And Jesus didn't let him. But instead said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has shown, has mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell all those in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And the people were amazed. Now the details of the miraculous healing and, and Jesus' power over the demons, absolutely impressive. The demons' fear and the demons' knowledge of exactly who Jesus is reminds us of how they once knew him as their king as well. But now they had betrayed him and they are awaiting their punishment. But today, in light of what's about to happen here in a moment and what's already begun with Mary Lou, I want to focus on, them, on two different things. I want to first focus on the man who was healed. Prior to Jesus' arrival, we don't know how this man came to be demon-possessed. All we know is that his life was, I don't think you could find a bigger mess quite honestly, than what this guy was in. It had cost him everything, his family, his job, his friends, his respect, his dignity, even his health. He was being physically, emotionally, socially, and most importantly, spiritually destroyed. He was cast out of society. He was forced to live among the graves. He'd been chained up to keep him from harming others, but instead he could free himself and was harming himself. 
He'd lost all respect. He'd lost all self-worth. He was naked, and he was injured from self-inflicted wounds until, until he met Jesus. <laughs> it's interesting to me that when Jesus arrives on the shore, the demons come running to Jesus. They don't run away. They, even as they're in the enemy, know they're placed before God. And after Jesus sends those demons into the pigs, two very interesting things happen. Let's start with the townspeople. They come, they gather, but it's not to praise Jesus. It's not to welcome that man back into society. It's not in awe of the change that they have just witnessed before their very eyes. But instead, they're there to ask Jesus to leave. <laughs> they didn't want to learn more. They didn't want to know the source of his power. They didn't want to know even why Jesus chose to restore this man. They just wanted him gone. Now, there's a couple reasons for that that we're not going to go into today. Here's what I want to share with you. In this world today, when we are given a chance to reveal our Jesus, our Messiah to someone else, there are those we will share him with that will want us to go away. What do you do? What do you do? They don't want any part of it. They don't want to hear it. Here's what we do. We love them anyway. <laughs> we love them anyway. And beyond that, eventually, not all, but one of those people, they're going to listen. They're going to listen to your story. And then what God can do through that individual is incredible. So don't give up. Don't lose hope. Don't get frustrated. Don't get angry at them. Don't get mad. Just love them anyway. The second fascinating thing that occurs is between Jesus and the man himself. The man who had just been healed. Verse 18 reveals that he begged Jesus to go with him. Now, you've got to envision this. I can even see it's Jesus getting ready to step back on the boat, and the man falls his knees, grabs on Jesus' robe, and is pleading with him to try to get in the boat and go with Jesus. This man has fallen in love with his literal, physical Savior in that moment. He is beyond grateful to Jesus. He wants to follow him forever. He is now indebted to him for his life. He knows that. And you must keep in mind his response is genuine. Jesus never asked the guy to follow him. This was all of his own accord. But Jesus' response seems so opposite of everything we've seen up to Jesus in his ministry to this point. Why would Jesus, you, you want me to stay? But, but Jesus, I, I want to follow you. But Jesus, I, I want, and Jesus says, no. No, I, I don't want you to do that right now. Um, here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home. I want you to tell your people. I want you to tell them how much the Lord has done for you and, and how much mercy he has had upon you. So he did. So he did. So the man went home and he began to tell everyone in this Tin City region, this area of Gentile, non-Jewish, non-God-fearing people, how much Jesus had done for him. And it says that all the people were amazed. Now what's fun is if you fast forward, Mark recorded this scene, but Mark knows the rest of the story. He, he knows that this scene isn't over even when Jesus leaves and this man goes off to tell people. Matthew and Mark both record an event that took place the next time Jesus shows up on this shore. 
And it's a very different response from the people. This time, there were 4,000 Gentile men plus women and children who came. Why did they come? They gathered to hear this man who cast the demons out of the other. They wanted to know more. They wanted to know. They wanted to find out what is the source of this man's power. Now they wanted to find out why would Jesus heal that person and would Jesus heal me? What changed? (laughs) That demon-possessed man changed. And he followed Jesus' direction to perfection. He went home and he started telling folks his story. He shared with them what God had done in his life when all hope was lost, when he had lost everything and been rejected by everyone, and now look at the results. <laughs> Tens of thousands of people come to hear Jesus, and thousands of them, I'm sure, undoubtedly accepted him. God's given you a story. Thankfully, none of us are running around naked in cemeteries, Right? but he gave you a story and he wants you to share your story. It's so important. The reality is this, it's not just your story, it's his story that you're sharing. He alone made your story possible and his desire is for you to use your story for his glory. The title of today Your story could lead thousands upon thousands of people to Jesus. Did you know that? Some of you are already doubting. You know what? Your story could lead one person to Jesus. And that's perfect (laughs) in the eyes of God. We're going to continue to leave the door open and give you the opportunity to share your story as it fits, as God speaks to you and reveals it to you. So never, ever hesitate. I won't mention it every week, but I will mention it from time to time. There's so many ways you can share your story. A lot of you are social media people. Post your story. Who knows? Maybe it'll get taken down. Congratulations if it does. (laughs) Hey, that means you're speaking truth probably, right? The reality is we've got to share our story. We know there's people that come in on a Sunday morning and God uses something in this service to speak to you in a unique way. It might be relevant to the topic at hand today. It might not, and that's fine. We want to hear those stories. We want you to share those stories because God's given you that story for a reason, and it's to share with other people for his glory to reach them. Today, what we've got is we've got a few stories, a few folks that came in and and did some videoing with David, a few stories about how they've seen God in 2020, what God has brought them through in 2020. Here's our prayer in this, that their stories will encourage you, that God will use their words to reveal himself to you in your life, and that their stories will inspire you to listen just a little closer to the Spirit of God. And to first, if you haven't already, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Don't put that off another second of any day. Make that decision immediately. But beyond that, listen a little closer to what God reveals that he has done to you and through you in your life. And maybe, just maybe, the Spirit will move you to share your story, not just with us, but with the world one day. It is that important. And all of us have a story 
a lie from Satan if you believe you don't, your story doesn't matter <laughs> because it does. Father God, as we watch these stories today, Father, may your people hear what you would have them hear. May it speak to them in the way that you would have it speak in such a way that they are moved in your direction. Father, invest for the first time and they're watching online and they see something just clicks. Father, right there in front of the TV or the computer, they can make a decision for you right now. And we can't wait to meet them one day here in the house, Father. And if we don't, we'll see them in heaven and they can tell us, hey, that one day when Mary Lou Britton shared her story, I was watching and it changed me. Father, you can use anything. And Father, for those that have made that decision prior to today, may this inspire them to encourage those that have shared their stories, but Father, beyond that, to share their own story. Regardless of how unimportant they feel it is, Father, you've given their story to them for a reason. And we're grateful for that, and we just pray we get to hear it. In Jesus' name we pray.